Hey friend, welcome to the Live Well with Low podcast. I'm so excited you are here. We talk all things wellness, motherhood, holistic healing, faith, entrepreneurship, and anything else to help you pursue a life well lived. Let's dive in. I've been dreaming up this episode for so long. Today, you're going to hear from one of my close friends, Heather Goodman, also known as HB Goody. You probably already follow her, but Heather is one of the OG influencers who has built a loyal following and huge business by sharing her life, travels, and laid back lifestyle living in Hawaii. Heather is also the founder of Sunbleach Swim, which makes my favorite bathing suits of all time, and is a wife and mama of two. In this episode, we go deep into her early days building her photography business and how that led her to become one of the first travel and lifestyle influencers. We talk about what it really takes to be a content creator, how to build a successful brand, creating a career around time freedom, and how to balance your passion around being a mom. I love Heather because she has never sacrificed what matters most for her career. She is as real as they come, and I know you're going to learn so much in this episode. Here we go. Hi, friend. I'm so excited to have you on today. Welcome to the Live Well with Low podcast. I'm Thank you. so excited to have you here. We are sitting in like this beautiful little like bungalow in Hawaii, which is for you, this is your everyday life. For me, this is not. And so this <laughs> just feels, you'll probably hear chickens in the background, which is totally normal. It's part of the ambiance. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I'm so excited to have you here because when I first was dreaming up this podcast, you were one of the first people that I was like, I have got to interview you and it's not because like you're like this wellness girly right like you'd be the first to say you're like I don't really care that much about like supplements or special diet or all the things and I love that about you but I think when I think of your life I think of wow she has a life of wellness like you have built a business you built a family you've built a brand based on you pursuing your passions having time freedom and being able to live a life that you love and I think so many people they only talk about you know the health stuff and that side of wellness and there's so much more that goes into it. And so I'm so excited to just hear your story, um, share it with the world. All Everyone knows who you are. This is Heather Goodman, HB Goody. <laughs> everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, though, like, I think it's funny to share when we first became friends, like you had a following, but it wasn't like you were, I don't know if you're monetizing, like you was, it was just like you sharing like pics with your friends. And I found you, I think this is funny to share it. We moved to Oahu. I knew not a single person. And I literally started like on Instagram, looking up hashtags of like Oahu, Oahu life. Like I'm like, who lives here? Who can I be friends with? And you were the first, one of the first people that came up and I was like, oh my gosh, she seems cool. Like I could vibe with her. I want to be her friend. And then it's so funny because I never hang out with random people. Like <laughs> I am the most hermit, like introvert person. And you reached out to me and I was like, yeah, let's hang out. Like it was meant to be because I never do that. Yeah. Like I, I feel like people reach out and I like internally panic. Like I can't meet a stranger. Yeah. No. And like, that's how <laughs> I am too. But it was like, I literally didn't know a single person. I was like, if I don't put myself out yeah. here, like I'm not going to meet people. No. And I'm glad you did. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just, and then like your brand grew and you just like exploded. And now anyone who ever like sees this in a picture together like you know HB Goody oh my gosh. and I'm like what like this is crazy like and I've lived in a lot of different places because of the military and you, people follow you everywhere that's crazy so, that's so weird to think about it's well I'm so glad that you reached out because it's been like so many years of just amazing friendship mm-hmm yeah, through all the things. So let's get into it. Let's go to like the very beginning, like before probably I even met you. How did HB Goody like come about? What is HB Goody? How did it come about? Okay, so a, one thing that a lot of people don't know about me is that I was a wedding photographer for a long time and mostly just a photographer 
as like my full job description. And so when I first moved out here, I had like random jobs. I was a nanny. I worked at an elementary school and I shot weddings on the side. Um, And Instagram was really the main way to promote weddings and photography. And I mostly posted weddings, but over time I started posting more just like pictures of my life and pictures of my friends doing fun things. And I slowly started to realize that people responded so much better to the images of my friends and my actual real life and I feel like that was like bloggers were a thing but it wasn't I feel like influencing the way that it is now just wasn't a thing and I guess that was just kind of like the start of influencing for me like people were interested in me and my life and that was so foreign to me because I was used to just like, oh, I'm a photographer. Here's like a beautiful photo of a mountain or something. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I feel like it just started. I feel like it progressed naturally over time from like weddings to posting photos of my life to shooting more for like brands. Um, I would do photography for swimsuit brands and things like that. And yeah, just like the more I posted, the more my following started to grow and there was such an amazing response to just posting about myself and my life. And I was just really vulnerable back then. I, and I would share so much of my thoughts and yeah, I just feel like people really responded to that. And so it kind of just transformed into being more of an influencer. Yeah. And when, at what point were you like, okay, this is fun sharing cool pictures of me and my friends to like, oh, I'm getting a following. Like I'm an influencer, I can monetize this. Like when did that happen? Yeah, I feel like the first way that I really monetized things beyond just getting like photography jobs was selling presets. Mm. So if you don't know by now, like presets are like filters that you edit things with. And when I did that, I really didn't know a lot of people who sold presets, but people loved the way that I edited because I feel like even though I was an influencer, people really followed me for my photography and they would say, I love how you edited this. And that was back when like editing was way more trendy. I feel like now it's like trendy to not edit. Yeah. Um, and so I just like found, I knew another photographer who had done it and I was like, well, I'm just going to sell my presets. And it just exploded. Like literally, I actually sometimes like romanticize that time of my life. Cause I was like, wow, that was the easiest money I just ever made mm-hmm. was selling presets. And I feel like that was kind of the beginning of, okay, wait, this is like a real job. And like, I slowly, like I quit the elementary school job. I quit like shooting weddings. Like I kind of just started, um, slowly cutting those out and then I was mostly selling presets and that was like my main income and then the more my following grew the more the brand deals just started like coming in like at first it was just free stuff and then there would be a brand that'd be like oh we'll pay you a hundred dollars to like post this and I'm like what like a hundred dollars to just post a picture of this (laughs) and that just like blew my mind um but you know what's actually so funny about this is I I used to be obsessed with fashion and shooting pictures of my outfits yeah. in high school. Yeah. And I got paid by brands in high school. What? To post outfits. Yeah. I didn't know that. I, it was like an influencer before influencing was a thing. That is insane. There was like this European website called Lookbook and you could post your outfits and you would like tag where things are from. Yeah. And I would have like random brands. Like a lot of times they were just like Chinese brands and they would send me a product and pay me like $300 in high school. That's amazing. Yes. And they'd be like, post like one of your lookbook posts. I had like 20,000 followers on this thing. Oh, what? It's, yes. Isn't that wild? So it was like almost like I was an influencer before I was a wedding photographer. But yeah. I like 
kind of forgot about that. Okay, that's amazing. Yeah. So I that was one of the things that I was like, oh my gosh, this girl is like so my jam because I used to do that in high school, but mm, I wasn't <laughs> paid for it. Like literally, it was me and like my best friend. We were putting like my mom's necklaces on our heads, like yes. as like oh tiaras or something. I straight up like had face paint in yes. these pictures. Yeah, <laughs> like but that's what I would want to do on a weekend. Like I had yes. my little DSLR camera or yes. my digital camera and just like go and dress up and take yes. pictures. And it wasn't like I was getting paid a lot, but it was like I had at least a few brand deals, that's which is amazing. Just blows my mind that I have been doing this for over 10 years now yeah like that's crazy that is crazy (laughs) okay we kind of skipped you and Bryant a little bit but I think it's important to share that like you guys started dating in college yes so I met him like our first semester of college at 18 years old which is crazy to think about that it's been like 11 years yeah we both met (laughs) our husbands well we were like almost 18 but like at the same time yeah yeah and that's that's so wild that I've been with the same person for over 10 years it's like a time warp though. Cause when I yeah. think about that, I'm like, that makes me so old. I'm like, no, I just graduated high school like three years ago. Yeah. No. And then I look at 18 year olds now and I'm like, you're too young to yes. get married. And I'm like, yes. no, I knew who the love of my life was at 18 years old. That's so weird. So weird. Like I would never let my daughter, like if my daughter was 18, she's like, I'm going to marry this guy. I'd be like, no. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> seriously. So you met in Arizona yeah, and then you both ACU. moved to Oahu mm-hmm. before so, you were married or when you were married? No. So we met at ASU. We both like at the time, like I grew up Mormon, so we served like missions for our church. And so we were apart for two years. Um, and then we got married when he got back and he went to school out here on Oahu. And yeah, so we got married before we moved to Hawaii, but got it. pretty much like moved here the second we got married. Yeah. So I've spent like my whole married life here. Wow. That's so special yeah. too. Cause that's, and that's kind of how Danny and I feel like, even though we got married in California are like really becoming a couple and like our first home was here mm-hmm. and there's just something there's something so yeah. special about that. I feel like we really learned how to be on our own and not depend on our parents for everything. I feel like it grew us closer so much faster than mm-hmm. if we would have like stayed close to family in Arizona for sure. A hundred percent. And I think there's something to be said about like you want to stay on this island. You have to make ends meet. I think that also could have affected your business and like your yeah. followings. You're like, I have to like pay the bills. That's why I got a job at the elementary school. Yeah. I was a recess monitor. <laughs> That is amazing. Okay. So Bryant was in college while you Mm -hmm. started, you know, posting, sharing these photos. And then he graduated college. Did he ever get a job? No. (laughs) His last like real job. I mean, I hate even saying that, but his last like traditional job, I guess you could say was working at the movie theater. Like literally got paid like eight bucks an hour. In the EA? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. He worked at the movie theater when it was a theater. And I remember he was working that job and I was trying to convince him to quit so he could help me but he was like too scared to let go of that like security of a paycheck and I asked him one weekend to help me with a photo shoot it was like for a swim brand and this was a huge deal for me honestly this would still be a big deal for me now it was like a two-hour shoot that they were paying me a thousand dollars for like that was an insane amount of money yeah still kind of is honestly that's awesome and he helped me with the shoot and I was like Brian we just made a thousand dollars and he was like that would take me like four months at my movie theater job to make that amount of money. And I was like, yes, quit please right now. And yes. we're going to go like full force with this. Yes. So yeah. So he graduated college and then what was his like job? Like how did he kind of fit into what you were doing or how you were growing? Um, For a long time, like, so my income is kind of split into two as far as like, I kind of have the HB goodie side of things like social media and kind of like being an influencer like that's one category and then the other stuff is like doing swimsuits and I know we'll get to that later Mm -hmm. but um everything to do with like influencing he was mostly like behind the scenes stuff so he would help me take the photos he would help me 
um like just like manage things do our finances like I feel like he kind of just like filled in the blanks anywhere that I like didn't have this like the strength to do it Mm -hmm. um does that make sense yeah like he filled in he did my all the weaknesses. boring stuff <laughs> yeah honestly really because he got a degree in finance so wow. it's like you do all the unsexy boring stuff that I don't know how to do yeah and he was really great at that but the problem with um influencing was that he I, I mean you know it's not like I mean it wasn't his passion to yeah. just like help me with a random odds and ends mm-hmm. and it was one of those things where it was all on me. Like mm-hmm. I'm the person who has to show up. It's like my face that is on everything. I was really like the head of it and it didn't really feel like an equal partnership. Not in the sense that I didn't feel like I was being helped, but in the sense that he wasn't feeling fulfilled. Like mm. he wasn't feeling like, you know, he didn't want to be like a sidekick for yeah. the rest of his life. Yeah. And so um, that's really where like swimsuits came in, where he could be more of like an equal like business partner. Mm-hmm. So. I totally, I mean, that's literally what Danny and I have been going through right now of like, okay, we're, my income is our only income, but what's something we can do together? And that's this podcast yeah, because he's totally. like, okay, I have a purpose. I can do something, you mm-hmm. know, I'm not, don't just like take your pictures the rest of my life. Exactly. Like it makes such a difference and yeah, yeah, totally. Okay. So we're going to get to sun bleach. I'm super excited to chat about yeah. sun bleach, but like, I feel like there's this like stigma around influencers that like, they don't really do any work. They're just like pretty and like take yeah. Instagram stories and they just like make buttloads of money. Like <laughs> obviously we both know that's not the truth, but like yeah. what are some like sacrifices you feel like you've had to make like to build up your influencer business? Right. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and pretend that my job is the equivalent of being like an emergency room doctor. Right. Like, I would say my job is probably more equivalent to someone who works like in marketing in an office job. Mm -hmm. Like, no, it's not strenuous. There's like a reason I do it because I genuinely enjoy most aspects, but it's not as, how do I say this? It's more intensive than I think people realize. Mm -hmm. And I even have friends who I would say are even more successful influencers than me as far as like just numbers go. And a lot of people look at them and say, oh my gosh, they do nothing and they make so much money. And I see the behind the scenes and I'm like, no, they do so much. Like they vlog every second of their day. They have, they are like constantly editing. They almost like never stop working. And so I think there's this thing that people don't realize is that influencing is like almost a job that you can't check out of. Yeah. Especially now with the way that content is going. Like it used to be that I planned a photo shoot a few times a week and now it's like, okay, what aspects of my job can I monetize? What aspects of, or sorry, aspects of my life can Mm -hmm. I monetize? Um, And I feel like that has been one of the biggest sacrifices with being an influencer is sacrificing like a sense of privacy. Um, You know, if with a normal job, you could probably show up to your job if you were in a bad mood and like still kind of get done what you needed to get done because Mm -hmm. you're not emotionally connected to it. Whereas when you're an influencer, and you have a contract with a brand and you have to post an ad that day. It's like, I have to film that ad looking as happy as I can look, even if I'm having a really bad day. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I'm not going to sit here and pretend that like my job is so hard or that I'm complaining because I'm very grateful to have it. But there are aspects of it that I think a lot of people would not do if they knew the full picture. Oh, yeah. It's. I mean, so much of it is like, at a computer you're doing emails yeah. you're linking <laughs> you're like editing there's so much that yes. goes into that one little job or that yes. one post even posting stories it yeah. takes me like an hour to post stories and 
posting stories isn't hard. Yeah. It's not a hard job, but it's, it's an hour of your time. Mm-hmm. And so, and it's like, I don't even necessarily make money every time I post stories, but it's just like, there's certain things you need to do to keep your business afloat. And a lot of people will look at like a brand deal and be like, wow, you got paid that much just for like an Instagram story, um, like a sponsored Instagram post. And it's like, well, no, like I don't get paid for answering emails. I don't get paid for posting stories. I don't get paid for creating content. I don't get paid for like 90% of what I'm doing to keep this business afloat. So when a brand deal comes, it has to pay for all the work that no one is paying me for Mm -hmm. because I would not have a following without all of the stuff that I'm doing. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And there's, it's not like a, oh, I work this many hours. I get no. paid this much. <laughs> no, it's totally. like some months there's a big month and some months there's not. Yeah. And there's, yeah. Yeah. And in some ways that is like a perk of the job. Like if I really wanted to, I could work really hard one month and then take the next month easier. And I think that's one reason why I keep doing it. Even when there's times that I just want to like fall off the face of the earth and delete all social media. It's like, man, like the work freedom of it is something that is hard to find in other jobs for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you. I'm just embarking in that world now and totally feeling like I have dabbled in it the last seven years, but really pursuing it full time now. It's like, oh yeah, there's, this is a whole animal <laughs> and it, it's a lot, but yeah. it's, but it's good. And that freedom again, with that, like you chose to like have Bryant not get a job and do the normal, like nine to five where, you know, you're apart most of the day and there's sacrifices that you had me. I mean, even like, I feel like people think living in Hawaii is so like luxurious, but like, I know like you have it's not like you live in like a mansion like it's there's a sacrifice even to you know wanting to live in paradise yeah I feel like there's just pros and cons to everything Mm -hmm. and I don't think one way is right or wrong Mm -hmm. I mean there's times that I fantasize about Bryant having a nine to five Mm -hmm. you think wow that would be so nice if I could like just be a mom but I know that there's people out there who are moms like stay-at-home moms and it's really hard and they think oh I wonder what it would be like to like have my own income so it's like no matter where you're at there's going to be things that are positives and negatives and I think you just have to decide what's important to you and at least for us the last however many years having like that freedom to make our own schedule or be able to go on a trip whenever we want I think that is what we have prioritized up until this point for sure yeah oh okay this is so good I'm (laughs) already just so excited about just everything that you're sharing. Okay. Let's go fully into Sunbleach because that's like your newest endeavor the last few years. So you went from like being an influencer, getting paid by brands to now you have your own brand. Like you've built your own company. So kind of how did that start? Walk us through that. Yeah. So I dreamed of Sunbleach probably like six years ago. Like that's like when this all really started. And it came from just the fact that I was shooting for a lot of brands, a lot of swimsuit brands. Um, And I had definitely strong opinions about what I liked in a swimsuit or even just what I liked in like the creative side of a brand. Like I would shoot for a brand and be kind of disappointed with the way that they would select their models, for example. Like I would suggest a girl that I thought was beautiful, but like if she wasn't the perfect amount of like skinny and curvy, they would like turn her down. And I just felt like, man, if I ever had a brand, like I feel like there's so many girls who are just so beautiful And I would love to shoot them. And I just had this like creative vision I really wanted to execute. And I just knew that I would not be able to do that under someone else's like business. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I love swimsuits. I live in a swimsuit. And so it kind of just seemed like this natural thing. And I also just felt like, okay, do I want to be a 50 year old influencer? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, and I still don't even know. It's such a new industry. No one knows what's going to happen. And, and 
I'm enjoying it right now, but what if I'm 50 years old and like, man, I don't want to share my life anymore. I don't want to do this anymore. And I just felt like I need a plan um, to sort of like not an exit strategy. I don't want to put it that way because I don't want it to make it sound like I hate being an influencer or something, but I just felt like I don't want to put all my eggs in one basket. I don't know what's going to happen with this. I don't know if I'll even want to do it 10 years from now. And I want to build something that is going to last longer. And it was a very long and difficult journey. I've learned so much with starting a business like this. And I feel like other people don't have as hard of a time with this, with starting like a physical product brand. Um, But I think the reason why mine took so long is because I just had such a high standard in my head of like, I don't want to sell crappy products. Like Mm -hmm. even if I know that I can improve eventually, like I want the first thing I put out there to be a reflection of like who I am and like the standard that I'm holding this to. And so we went, I mean, we're on our fifth manufacturer and we like at one point had a business partner and it didn't work out with them. Like I have just been through the ringer trying to get this brand off the ground. Um, but it's one of the most rewarding things I've ever done. And it's also the most challenging thing I've ever done, like career wise, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I know. And I just even knowing like the backstories of like those different manufacturers and things you've had, like <laughs> yeah. you are such an example of like when you want something, you just like keep going yes. to figure it out. And I think this is another like good lesson of like, even though, you know, you have a following or you're an influencer or whatever, it doesn't mean things are just handed to you. No. Like you had to go find <laughs> no. your manufacturers. And so many people assume, I think people assume this about all influencers and I'm sure it's true about a lot of them, but so many people assume that like to do this, you just have like rich parents funding everything. And it's like, no, never. I like have not received a cent from my parents mm-hmm. since I was married. Like, yeah. you know, and so I, everything that we've done for Sun Bleach has come out of our pockets. Like mm-hmm. I've taken random modeling jobs. I've done, you know, brand deals that I maybe wasn't soaked on just to like fund this project. Okay. And your swimsuits are amazing. I mean, the quality, the material, like, so actually that's like one reason we had such a huge setback and like kind of a following out with our business partner that we had at the beginning was because they wanted to launch like a pre-order of a product that I was not in love with and was like not up to standard. And that actually set us back like an extra year because it was in our contract that if we like broke off this like partnership that we could not start another swim brand for a year. So I feel like because I've held my brand and my business to this standard, it's been harder and worth it for sure. But it has made getting things off the ground just take so much longer. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that. And I just like, yeah, your tenacity and like, and so I just want to like brag on yours. Like I own them. I buy them with my own money. They're amazing. The quality is amazing. The, <laughs> the materials amazing. Like everything is amazing. Tell us a little bit more like about someone who's like, okay, what is somebody's like, what makes your swimsuit like great? Um, one thing that we get the most comp- compliments on, I think is our fabric. So it's not only is it made from recycled ocean waste and it's like really high quality, it is like the softest thing that will touch your body. Like it's so, so soft. And I feel like so many brands kind of, if they're sustainable or ethical, I feel like they sacrifice other things. Or I feel like if brands, um, what am I trying to say? I feel like brands can only do one thing well most of the times like either they're really size inclusive but they like only have two styles or they 
have really high quality fabric, but it's in really boring prints or it's sustainable, but they only put out like plain colors and it's like really plain designs or it's really fun, cool prints, but it's not sustainable and it's like crappy swimsuits. So I feel like I really wanted to just like bring that all together. And we're definitely not as like size inclusive at, as sorry, we're definitely not as size inclusive as I would like to be. Um, we'll get there one day, <laughs> but, um, I do feel like we have really mastered that like high quality, sustainable, ethical, but also like really cool, fun, unique prints that people love to wear. Like it's the type of swimsuit you're going to wear out and get compliments on. Mm -hmm. It's not just like a plain black swimsuit that people are like, oh, that's nice. And like, don't think twice about like it's a swimsuit that you will wear in a photo or wear to the beach. And people are going to say, where did you get that from? Like, I've never seen a swimsuit like that. Like, it's just so I don't want to say it's like the most unique swimsuit ever, but I feel like it is different. Mm -hmm. I feel like it really stands out for sure. I feel like you're really good at capturing like the trends, but making them you and unique. So it's not like everything else you see out there, but it's, it's like unique, but still trendy and still really cool. Yeah. Like you're not going to look out of place. It's not gonna be like, what is that? (laughs) But I mean, that's something that was really important to me because I feel like with the start of like TikTok and stuff, there was like this year, maybe it was like 2021 or 2022, where I felt like the cycle of like micro trends was happening so quickly. I don't know if you remember that. And as someone who's just like a really small business, like for reference, when I start designing a collection, I am designing it like a year in advance. Like that's how long it takes to get things like out there and complete and launched. Um, and I don't, I mean, I'm not a professional trend forecaster. And when trends were just like cycling through so quickly I was like oh my gosh like if I do this print it's gonna be ugly by the time I like launch it and and so I really just felt like okay I am just not gonna focus on ultra trendy things I'm gonna focus on stuff that like this would have been cute two years ago and it's gonna be cute two years from now and so I it yeah it's trendy in the sense that like I hope it doesn't look like it's from like you know 2018 or something but it it isn't like so dependent on those micro trends of like you see this everywhere at the time. And I want it to be something that people can just wear like as long as possible, like wear the swimsuit into the ground. Yes. Okay. So I feel like we touched on this a little bit, but if you had to pick like your favorite part about having sun bleach and then like your most challenging, what would it be? Okay. So we get DMS all the time from people saying, I'm a photographer. I would love to shoot for your brand. And these people are so talented, like their photos are beautiful, but that is literally probably the last thing I will ever delegate out because that is my favorite part. Mm. I, I mean, I'm a photographer, I'm an artist, like in my heart. And I feel like that was a huge driving force of creating this brand is I just wanted to have fun photo shoots and like envision my images. And I just feel like I could hire a photographer, but I just know that if I do it, it's going to be exactly how I want it to be. Mm-hmm. And so I'd say that's like probably my favorite part is like seeing the swimsuits like come to life on a model. It looks amazing. And I choose a beautiful location and I take the photos and I'm just so excited to edit them. I feel like that whole creative process is like by far the best part. And then I would say like the second best thing is just seeing people wear the swimsuits. Like when we get tagged and stuff, I look at the girls who wear our swimsuits and I'm like, I want to be best friends with all of you. Like the coolest girls wear our swimsuits. Like they're posting the cutest photos and traveling to the coolest places. And everyone just looks so sweet and amazing. I literally, it's my goal to throw some sort of event where I can just meet everyone because I'm like, I know we will all be best friends. Yeah. Um, The most challenging part, like easy answer is manufacturing. Like manufacturing is an actual nightmare and the most challenging thing I've ever done. And if you ever talk to anyone that has like a physical product business, they will tell you the same thing. Like manufacturing is the most 
frustrating, like least streamlined process ever. And I'm shocked because it's not like it's a new industry, right? You would think like they would have like their shits together by this, by this time. Yeah. But they don't like, I don't like even big brands struggle with manufacturing and I don't know. I really hope that's something that just becomes more streamlined in the future because it's, you would think it would just be so straightforward. Like you're like, I'm not inventing something new. This is a swimsuit with a print on it yeah. and you can get it back and you can be like, how on earth did you <laughs> take what I said and like put it, like create this thing that is just so far off from what I said. I wonder if that's almost the nature of the industry though. When you go back to like sustainability, like most factories are like sweatshops, like most people that are producing things. And so it's almost like, I feel like maybe this will change in the future as consumers are more mindful. And then factories and manufacturers are going to have to like up the ante because they're like, Oh, people aren't just going for what's the cheapest thing anymore. They're going for quality. They're going for that, you know, ethical part. Totally. And I have to remind myself, like, there are people who fully get degrees and have, like, entire job positions, several job positions. Like, a big brand has several people in the position of, like, managing production and manufacturing. So I'm, like, one person trying to do it all. I don't have a fashion degree. Um, I actually joke with Bryant every time we make – we always make at least one big expensive mistake every year. (laughs) And every time that happens, I'm like, well – that's what I, you know, this is all contributing to my fashion degree I didn't get. Seriously. if I went to fit them, <laughs> it would have been like a hundred grand and yeah. I'd still be paying that off. So I'm like, well, I'm just making expensive mistakes to learn more about fashion. Yeah. But I mean, I do have to say like, even with the manufacturing and how it took you so long to get off the ground and all those things, you've built such an amazing brand. You have such like Thank a you. cult following customers love the product. And so you are doing so much right. Thank you. I feel me and my... Me and Brian talk about all the time that we're really lucky that our biggest problem is that we can't like get enough product like fast enough. That's amazing. I mean, that's a good problem to have. It's, yeah. It sucks because I sometimes I feel like, wow, we're really missing out on sales. Like if we could do bigger orders. <laughs> um, yeah. And just get things out faster. But, you know, at least our problem isn't that we have a thousand swimsuits sitting around that we can't sell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's truly amazing. Like seriously. Just watching you as a friend, I'm like, it's amazing. So, okay, in 10 years, where do you envision, like, Sunbleach? If you're like, okay, in 10 years, where where is it Oh, my gosh. We and Bryant have been talking about this so much lately, actually. I I do think eventually I would like to sell the brand. Um, Not because I don't love it, but just because I think ultimately it's not really my goal to be, like, a CEO of a company working in an office. Like Mm -hmm. I feel like I do everything I do to avoid that kind of job. Mm -hmm. Um, And I follow quite a few swimwear founders and the ones who really just like make it bigger and bigger and bigger. They've got an office in LA, they've got 30 employees, you know, and I just don't really think that lifestyle is my goal. Um, I think I would be willing to keep it smaller if it meant that I didn't have to do that. Or I, I think we've talked a lot about potentially selling, you know, maybe some of the equity or something to someone who really could take it to the next level. And I could remain more as like a creative director or like a part of the brand, but not like the person who's scaling it and manufacturing and doing all that stuff. Like I would love to hand that off to someone who just really knows what they're doing and can like take the brand to the next level because I know it has so much potential, but I just don't think I'm willing to like go live in LA and like, 
grind my life away. Like I don't want to miss my kids' lives and I don't want to um, be working like 24-7. Like I would rather like not be a millionaire if it Mm -hmm. meant that I could maintain my current lifestyle than like go live the CEO life in the city and be like a millionaire. Like that just isn't worth it to me. Yeah. And that's why I love you. And that's why you're on here. Cause it's like, <laughs> you're making those decisions, those sacrifices to prioritizing your wellness, prioritizing your family, your kids, your husband, which is our next segment. <laughs> I want to chat about motherhood. We both became yes. moms in the same year yeah. and it's been so special. And so let's switch to motherhood. What has been the best part about becoming a mom so far? Oh my gosh. It's just so rewarding. And I know not everyone has this experience with motherhood, but I just truly feel like there is nothing more worthwhile and like better I could have done with my life. And even if all my businesses fail and even if, you know, nothing works out in the other parts of my life, if I like have a strong relationship with my husband and a strong relationship and connection to my children and my children like go on to live beautiful lives that is like worth more than anything else I could have done. And I don't know, like the most kind of recent and like relevant thing that has been great about being a mother um, is Jade specifically. That's my three-year-old. She's always been a very shy and cautious child, but in the last couple of months, she has really just exploded in her talents and abilities and confidence. And wow, it is like the most rewarding thing in the world to watch her just like try new things and like light up and be so proud of herself and I'm like oh my gosh this is the best feeling in the world to watch your kid just be so stoked on life and just experience everything through their eyes I relate to that so much like we both had very similar infants like Mm -hmm. Winley was very shy very kept to herself like very stoic I'm like you're not even smiling I think Jade (laughs) was more smiley but I remember like when we came out two years ago and our kids like we're not talking to each other they were like not about making friends and then yesterday at the beach they're like playing mermaids and laughing and dancing and like I've seen that evolution in Winley so much too and it even was just like okay I'm doing a a good job totally (laughs) and and I think even just seeing Jade be like such a kind empathetic like smart child it's like oh my gosh like I don't think I can take credit for that like she just is her own amazing person but what an amazing feeling to know that you just like created a human who's going to make the world a better place yeah like that is more rewarding than anything I think yes I'm so right there with you um with that since you and Brian are both home with the kids and also working like what does a day-to-day life look like because I know that spending time with your kids is like your biggest priority. So how do you make that balance? You know, I hate that word balance between like, (laughs) like balance doesn't exist. (laughs) No, it doesn't exist. So like, how do you make your priorities or how do you get that work in? But also that mom time, like how do you kind of structure those days? Yeah, I will be fully honest. I feel like this is something I am still learning and struggling with like on a regular basis. Um, I feel like sometimes I'm really doing it well and other times I'm like floundering. Um, I think it's so hard because I almost feel like sometimes if I'm really successful in business and like kind of doing well on there, I feel like a lot of the times my family gets like my scraps, like they get my leftovers and I hate that. Mm -hmm. Like I, I just hate that. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, like we just live in a world where I have to pay bills and I have to make money and I am passionate about my business. And so I really have to just constantly remind myself like, family gets the best of me like business gets the scraps um which is so hard because no matter what you just end up disappointing people Mm -hmm. but you want to just disappoint the right people I think Mm -hmm. and 
I think something that has helped, um, it's a little hard right now because it's summer and a lot of people that we rely on for like babysitting are just out of town. But when we do have a nanny who comes like on a regular basis, we have this awesome girl, her name's Chloe, and she comes at least three days a week for like four to five hours. And that's like a guaranteed time that feels very separate from like being a mom. And it also allows Brian to get stuff done. And then that way he can get stuff done. And then if, when the nanny leaves, like Brian can watch the kids if I like still have more that I need to do that day. But it helps me have a little bit more of a separation, like a mental separation of like, I am working right now. I'm paying someone to be here with my kids and I'm going to take this time to like get everything done that I need to get done. But I will say it was a lot easier for sure before I had kids because I could just be like a workaholic if I wanted. Like I could just work like 10 hours on something and it felt a lot easier to work on business ideas that would move my business forward. Whereas now I feel like most of my time is spent like maintaining my business. Mm. I, I wish I had a little bit more time to work on things that grow my business. Mm-hmm. And I do a little bit, but not as much as I probably need to. Yeah. But like I said, it's, it's just finding that balance and it's, I never regret spending more time with my kids. No. I know. And I know I never will. And it's always, it's just like a season, right? Like you're in a yeah. season where you still are kind of in that newborn phase. Like you have a toddler. It's yeah. just like more mom intensive. Yeah. And then there'll be another season where they're a little bit more self-sufficient and you can get that like. Totally. And I try to remind myself like, it's okay if I don't have this like crazy business empire right now, because one day my kids are going to go to school and they're going to be gone for like seven hours a day. And I'm like, that will be the time that I can yeah. really just grind stuff out because I'm going to want this. And I think that's why I haven't just like quit my business to just be like full-time mom because I just think, okay, my kids are going to go to school one day. I do want to have something that I can do like when they're gone. And so I feel like right now I kind of have the mentality of like, I'm going to do what I have to do to keep this going and, you know, use it as an outlet um, and, and do the best I can with the time that I have, but also like not miss out on this time in my kids' lives because I know that like five years from now, like, I'm going to be so glad that I spent all this time with them. And that will be the time. I think that will be the season that I'm just going to have a lot more time to like grind and really build things bigger. And yeah, like I'll just have like a guaranteed amount of time to work on things for sure. Yeah. And that's such a good perspective. Like my brain doesn't work like that. My brain is like, (laughs) if I don't do it now, it'll never happen. And then I remind myself, I'm like, one day my kids will literally be out of the house and I can do whatever I want. (laughs) Yeah. No, for real. Okay. So kind of like, wrapping up motherhood, wrapping this up a little bit, what advice would you give like a fellow mom who, you know, you started your business when you weren't a mom. So what advice were you, would you give? I know that there's a lot of moms out there who are either stay at home moms, or maybe even they work outside the house and they're like, I would love to like start my own business or do my own thing. Or I don't know, become a content creator. Like what advice would you give to them? Like, what would you give, I guess, uh, to a mom, but really anyone like who wants to start now? I would say that with anything. I feel like with any career pivot I've ever made, whether it was weddings or working for brands or doing travel photography or swimsuits, I always had a period of doing things where I didn't see success right away. Like when I did, when I started brand photography, I shot for brands for free. When I became an influencer, I did influencer stuff for free. And I'm not saying like you need to do things for free, like your time is valuable, but I mean, even swimsuits, like I like literally had like four years of failing before I was able to get it off the ground. And so I think just like reassuring people that it's going to take time and you might have like a full year of 
you know, posting TikToks and you get 200 views every day. Mm -hmm. But one day you're going to get that video that goes viral and like things will just keep growing and keep going. And I think you just have to be consistent. And if it's something that you really believe in and that you're really passionate about, I really believe that like success will come your way. Um, I think that people see a successful brand and they just assume that it happened overnight. And maybe that's true for some people, but that has never been true for me. And I think that if it is something you truly love, like that will shine through and it will attract the right people. I think the people who I see fail are people who go at it with the mindset of like, wow, people are making lots of money on TikTok. I want to make lots of money on TikTok. Whereas if people approach it with, I'm really passionate about health. I want to start sharing like things that have helped me. And I, and I don't care if I make any money from this. Like I genuinely want to help people with their health that person is going to be more successful than the person who's like researching TikTok strategies of like, okay, if I do this trend and I do this thing and I try to be famous and this goes viral, (laughs) it's like those people, like, I don't know, maybe some of them will like have like some success, but I just think ultimately it's not a long-term strategy. I think you just have to find something that you love and it'll shine through and it'll attract the right people. Another thing I will say is that, um, numbers like are almost meaningless these days. I think you can be making more money with 20,000 followers than someone who literally has a million followers. Like, wait, how? (laughs) Like there are people who have millions of followers and they can't sell like a t-shirt. Like I literally know someone that this happened to. Like they have millions of followers and they put out a brand and it flopped. Wow. Because their audience just was not primed for this type of product Mm -hmm. and it just wasn't. You know, they're successful in other ways, but this specific instance, like it just wasn't the right thing for their audience. And there are people who have like 20,000 followers who like they just have like a really great niche or a really great community and they are making consistent money and like supporting their lifestyle because, yeah, I don't know. They just did it right. So I would say like, don't get so caught up in numbers. Obviously, it's always always nice to have lots of numbers. Never complain about that, but but just don't don't I think a lot of people think okay well I can start a brand when I have a million followers or whatever but it's like no you can start a brand with no followers there are people every day who start brands with nothing like that they have no social media presence um yeah that's I feel like that's such good advice that is such (laughs) did that make sense I feel like it was all over the place (laughs) no it totally made sense and I think this is going to be like so valuable for so many people out there is there anything that I didn't ask you that you wanted to share or talk about or anything just kind of wrapping this up I feel like we touched on this a little bit but I feel like the life lesson that I have learned over and over being just in my I don't know in my experiences and my like work and this type of work is that time is more valuable than money and it's more valuable than fame and it's more valuable than really anything else and that has led a lot of my decisions. Like time is more valuable. Like I would rather make less money and have time to enjoy my lifestyle. Like what would be the point of living in a beautiful place if I'm just like on my computer all day? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I guess that's just something that's really important to me and something that I've learned that I really value. And I think that has led to a lot more happiness than than people who really chase money. Yeah. Yeah, let's close with that because that, (laughs) I mean, and that's why I had you on here because you've pursued a life well-lived, based your life, based your family on wellness and what is going to be the best for your well-being 
And I think you've still been able to be so successful, build an amazing brand while focusing on what's most important. And I think that that's amazing and that needs to be shared. So, um, okay, let's end with some rapid fire. I did not send you these ahead oh, no, of time. <laughs> these are just five questions I ask everyone at the end of the show. They're like just my nosy questions. I like genuinely want to know it. about people. <laughs> um, the first one, what did you eat for breakfast? Uh, an English muffin and a coconut water out the door before the gym. Love and it. then a mocha protein shake on the way here. Love <laughs> it. Simple. Yeah. My, my breakfast was literally cottage cheese. That was like all Yum. just <laughs> scarfing that down. Um, what is your current favorite beauty product? I think my like classic go-to thing that I've loved for years is the Thrive Mascara. It's the ultimate beach girl thing. Wait, you use that? Yes. It stings my eyes. <gasps> What? Yes. It like makes my eyes stingy at the end of the day. It doesn't do that to yours? No. And I wear contacts. I have stingy what? eyes. What? <laughs> I need to give it another try. That's your favorite mascara. Yes. Well, I love it because, you know, I'm not down for waterproof mascara. It like ruins your eyelashes and I, I'm over the lash extension thing. Yeah. But sometimes I'm like, well, I want to look cute. And it like stays on in the water for the most part. Really? Yes. Because it's like tube mascara. Yeah. So it like comes off like, you know, if you're really swimming around, it'll come off. But if I just like dip once in, it'll stay on. And if it does come off, it comes off in like little tubes. Like you can just kind of like flick it away. Whereas other mascara just turns you into raccoon eyes. Yes. And it, I need to get it's this. like thick and dark and makes your lashes look really long. I get compliments every time I wear it. I, I loved the way it made my lashes look. I just felt like by the end of the day for my like eyes were stinging, maybe but I need to get to something in it. Yeah. But maybe, maybe I should just have it on hand just for the beach because you're right. Sometimes yeah. I like want to wear mascara, but I don't. I, yeah. yeah. And if I'm going snorkeling, I put it on because what? you got a mask and it protects your eye makeup. <gasps> you know, that is I never genius. thought I'd be a girl who wears makeup to the beach, but I just never regret it because then if someone takes pictures, I'm like, I just look so much better than if I, if I would have just like you know yeah. not done anything to my face okay this is actually really great information yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna try that mascara yeah. again okay what is I thought of this next question because my great grandma always said to me if you only take one thing from me it's that I hope you learn to be content in every circumstance and I just felt like that was just so sweet that she wanted to make sure like I knew that and so what is one thing that you either want people to remember you by or one piece of advice that you would want passed down generationally Oh, that's so hard. I think when I think of this type of thing, I just think of my daughters. Like, what would I want them to know? And I just hope more than anything that I just can lead by example to never settle for less. Mm -hmm. Whether that's in relationships or career or even motherhood. Like, I don't ever want my daughters to grow up thinking like, wow, becoming a mom means your life ends. Like, I hope that they watch me and grow up and say, I can't wait to be a mom because it's the best. And I like I watch my mom love it. And, you know, if they choose to be a mom <laughs> or I, I hope that they just I don't know, like really just go for their dreams and just never settle. I think that's what I would love. My daughters are really anyone to be inspired by, hopefully, for okay. my life. <laughs> I love that so much. OK, what's your go to easy dinner? Like this is like we were at the beach all day. I don't want to make something. This is just my like go to tried and true favorite. OK, I just thought of something that I have been making a lot. So if you get like the frozen fillets of salmon from Costco, cut it up into cubes, throw it together with like some soy sauce, some hot honey if you have it, or at least just like honey and garlic powder, throw it in your air fryer um so it's like crispy it makes these really delicious like crispy salmon chunks and then I like to put it on like a rice bowl 
with whatever veggies I have, avocado, cucumber, um, and then I just throw on like some sriracha mayo and like poke sauce and it is so good. And it's like a 15 minute meal. Like I have rice going in the rice cooker, salmon in the air fryer. And then just, if I have sriracha and mayo and some poke sauce, like it really doesn't matter what else you put with it. That so literally that's sounds, kind of our go-to. <laughs> that sounds amazing. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds, oh my gosh. Yeah. I want to make that like tonight. Okay. Last question. If you could only do one thing for your wellness, what would it be? The one thing that I would do for my wellness no matter where I lived or where I'm at, like I need nature. So whether I'm like dunking my head under the ocean or I'm like in a forest, I just can tell when I haven't been in nature recently because I just get so unwell. Yeah. (laughs) And it almost always solves like all my emotions. If I can just like be in nature and like silence, I'm such a nature person. So I'd say that's probably my biggest like wellness thing that I have to have. And as someone who grew up in the suburbs of Arizona, yeah. I really struggled growing up for yeah. sure. And I think no matter where I go in life from now on, I'm like, I got to live somewhere that's got trees. <laughs> like, yeah. And there's, there's like legit like health benefits. You know yeah. me, I'm like a nerd about health, like literally like forest bathing, grounding, all those things are so good for your health. It's like nature didn't mess up. Like yeah. it's so good for I you. I could never be a city person. I know yeah. some people thrive in that environment, but I'm like, oof, that would be very hard for me for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being on. (laughs) This was so awesome. I feel like we covered so much stuff. I feel like obviously we're friends. We could keep talking forever. (laughs) Um, But thank you so much for being on this. Thank you. This is so awesome. This is the best. (laughs) You're so good at this. I hope you enjoyed that episode and that you are a little more inspired to live well in every area of your life today. I would love to connect with you. I'm on TikTok and Instagram at Lauren Cassay and also at laurencassay.com. Let's be friends, okay? See you next week.